This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. While spring is in the air, I mean, it's not that far away, let's face it, not because of some of the recent mild weather we've been enjoying, but rather, Monday is the Woodbine Backstretch opens for business. That's right, which means that opening day is just one step closer. Friend of the show, Jessica Buckley, will join us again today, and Jessica is Woodbine Senior VP, Standard Bread Racing and Thoroughbred Racing, a role that sees her with a finger in the pulse of not only Monday's Backstretch move-in day, which is really cool, but also the regular day-to-day on-track business at both both properties, Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park. Shortly, we will be joined by Jessica, and we'll talk more about what is keeping her dedicated team busy as the thoroughbreds etch even closer to opening day that is tentatively scheduled for April 16th. And, of course, Woodbine Mohawk Park continues to race on a four-nights-a-week basis Monday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Still on the topic of Woodbine, Laura Krasuskaita is a, probably not a household name right now, but as she has her way, this may change this year at Woodbine in December. The hard-working, dedicated Woodbine-based trainer won her first stakes race with her silent causeway winning the $100,000 La Privante Stakes, and Laura has been training horses for just over four years and is eagerly looking forward to the 2022 Woodbine season and the opportunity to build on the momentum of the silent causeway victory and after that stakes victory last year, shortly we'll meet Laura and talk more about her training career and her expectations for the 2022 racing season and how a young woman from Lithuania moves to Canada and becomes a winning trainer at Woodbine. Also today, Gulfstream Park continues with their championship meet and after the great card last Saturday that including the running of the Kentucky Derby Prep, the Holy Bull Stakes, today sees another high-end card with two more stakes events at the Fort Lauderdale Oval. Friend of the show, Brian Nadeau, when we spoke to him last time, it was handicapping horses at Fairgrounds Racecourse. However, now he is part of the Gulfstream Park handicapping team and Brian will join us today to talk about the current Gulfstream meet, maybe a couple of betting selections on today's racing card, you never know, and a look back at last week's top stakes racing card, including the Kentucky Derby prep race, the Big Holy Bull, and we'll find out more from Brian if he has any takeaways as the road to the Kentucky Derby continues. The days are counting down, and finally while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson, he will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their much-anticipated Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent racing news. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks, and government. 
government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Well then, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, the one and only Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay, Jim. How about you? Fine, thank you. Fine. You know, uh, lots going on in the industry. Even though it's winter, it's still a busy time for horse racing, including the O'Brien Awards. The O'Brien Awards uh, were this past week. They were done virtual. Like everything else. Like everything else. <laughs> and uh, no surprises. Um, the Richard Moreau was the uh, leading trainer again. Uh, James McDonald's had a great year. We talked about him a few times on, on the show. Absolutely, we was, have. Uh, he was driver of the year. So, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, good news for, for the Standard Bird Racing. They, they did get their O'Brien Awards in. Unfortunately, it was virtual because of, of COVID. But, uh, hey, it, uh, you just got to work with what you got, right? Horse of the Year, uh, North American Cup winner, Desperate Man. For people maybe not understanding his resume, why was Desperate Man such a big winner? I love that horse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he, he won the uh, North America Cup, which uh, was pretty significant for him, and uh, was uh, owned by some uh, local local people and that. So uh, it was good news for the uh, the Ontario racing business. Also award season, Eclipse Awards this week as well. Eclipse Awards were uh, Thursday night, and no surprise, uh, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, Nick's goal was probably going to be Horse of the Year, and he was. Uh, Brad Cox, his trainer, was uh, uh, Trainer of the Year. Uh, I think this is uh, two years in a row now. Uh, Joel Rosario was the uh, outstanding jockey. And here's an interesting one, Jessica Pfeiffer, who is uh, riding at California. She was the outstanding apprentice, and she's the first female jockey since friend of the show, Emma Jane Wilson, oh. won the uh, 2005 uh, Eclipse Award for Outstanding Apprentice. So some interesting trivia there. And some international flavor to the Eclipse Awards. Female turf horse going to Love's Only You, a Japanese horse with a Japanese jockey and Japanese trainer. Exactly, yep, yep. That's, and, and, uh, which is big news over in Japan, to well, believe me. Well, it is, and it's it's big news for racing here in North America, too, because that, that there used to be kind of like a, a border there where you didn't hear too much about the Japanese horses mm -hmm. and that. But uh, I guess you could say that embargo has been broken down now. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great news, and it just shows that the horse racing interest is expanding. We start looking ahead to the Woodbine season. We're thinking Japanese horses, European horses, horses in the Dubai, Saudi Arabia. It's, it's grown such a global sport now. Well, it is, and it's, uh, it's huge money. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> you know, it's like we're we're talking Super Bowl this weekend, and uh, yeah, but uh, you know, we've got stuff like the Breeders' Cup and and the Kentucky Derby coming up. Queen's Plate. Queen's Plate here. North America Cup uh, here. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot to look forward to. You know, and then you start thinking about the added incentive. What if you have a triple crown horse, both in Canada and the U.S.? I mean, then the breeding, then you're talking about the breeding fee is through the roof. It it, it is, and uh, yeah, and then that's what makes this uh, business exciting, I think. Because I mean, the, 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 you know, like I always think about this. You never know. You could have the best horse in the world. It'll win one or two of the triple crown. It might win a race. It might not. You I mean. Where did did anyone ever think Pink Lloyd would have the run of success it did? Like you, there's that unknown quality that really keeps you coming back. Well, there's one other big thing that you got to have too, and that's luck. Absolutely, I'm no, <laughs> without question. Exactly. So uh, anybody that's owned horses and that, that'd be the first thing they'd say. With no luck, there's no horse. You know. So. <laughs> Okay, there's lots of stuff happening in horse racing, and who better to talk about it from someone who knows more than anyone, the senior VP of Standard Bread and Thoroughbred at Woodbine, Jessica Buckley, joining us on Ponies 24-7. Jessica, how are you? Good morning. I'm doing really well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, there's lots to talk about, and it's our pleasure. We'll start with the Ontario government, and this is great news, investing $2.1 million to train workers for a rewarding career, as they call it, in the horse racing industry. I mean, Larry and I, we think this is great news. It is great news. We we were so happy to see that um, this program was going to be invested in through Equine Guelph. Um, they do just fabulous work training people in all sorts of horsemanship and just specifically have an investment in training people for jobs in racing for grooms and hot walkers uh, was really excellent news and uh, we're very pleased. Well, and for anyone wondering, why why do that? Think about this for listeners out there. The horse racing and breeding industry contributes over $2 billion to the Ontario economy, and they're short about 1,000 jobs as of last September. So this, this has a big impact on Ontario's economy. It does have a huge impact on the economy, and I think so many people don't realize um, the contribution from the racing industry to the economy. Uh, and filling those jobs is key to that and racetracks around North America have all been having difficulty finding people uh, to work in the industry. Um, it, it's really an evolution of what's happened over time with fewer people living in rural communities and having exposure to horses and with Woodbine Racetrack being in the city of Toronto, it has been difficult to find people to work um, uh, over the last number of years. And this program will go a long way in giving people an opportunity to get the exposure and the introduction um, to working with horses because it, it, it is a skilled job and this training is so important. And this has been something that's been in the works for a while, correct, Jessica? Um, well, we've worked with Equine Guelph for many years, um, and they did have a program that was quite popular um, in the past, and unfortunately, after the SOTS program was cancelled in 2012, Equine Guelph put their groom training program on the shelf. And, it, you know, it was a difficult time in the industry, as everyone remembers. Um, and then it, they've since uh, relaunched it. And so it's just fantastic that this is going to be available now for people looking to get in, involved in the industry. And it's going to really help out a lot of stables as well. 
speaking with Jessica Buckley, the senior VP of Woodbine with Standard Bread and Thoroughbred Racing. And a lot of people may not realize, especially with the weather out there, but Monday's a nice day because the Woodbine backstretch opens up, getting ready for the 2022 season. It's really starting to happen, Jessica. That's right. It's literally around the corner, just a few days away, and uh, we're so excited. It's a bit of a thrill when you know people arrive on Monday to set up and get their tack rooms ready, and then when the first van pulls in on Tuesday morning, the racing team will be there, and it's always a, it's an exciting moment to see who's going to come through the gates first. So we can hardly wait to see the horses arrive and unload. And I guess the thing is with Jessica... Going forward, like not everybody's going to show up at, at like next week or the following week or that. It, it's a longer process. But are there extra stalls at the end for maybe some of the latecomers that that come in? Well, the stall applications all came in in January, and the stalls have been assigned. Um, and you know, so that was when uh, you know trainers needed to ask make the ask. Um, at the middle of January. So we kind of know who's coming, but you're right. They will not all arrive next week. Um, some people will stay at training centers for the first few weeks and or some trainers are down south with their horses. So they'll all trickle back in and uh, hoping to be have them back in uh, at Woodbine for opening day. Well, Jessica, maybe just for people who don't realize, just get them up to speed in some of the COVID protocols in place at Woodbine as you get ready and start ramping up for thoroughbred season. Yeah. Well, we're certainly uh, closely following what the province is doing, and uh, we have had a great track record racing um, under the COVID protocols and keeping people safe, and not a lot is going to change next week. Um, everything that was in place in the fall will be in place again as far as uh, completing daily COVID screenings and people will be in masks and, of course, social distancing. We also have a uh, GoVax bus that's going to be coming to Woodbine next week, um, which is going to be open to the community as well as any backstretch workers to get a vaccination or a booster shot. So we're excited about that, too. And there was some very big news yesterday with the announcement of the uh, new stake schedule for 2022 for, for Woodbine. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. No, thank you. No, we're, we're thrilled to be returning to a full season uh, of 133 days of racing and be able to fit in our uh, stakes that we, you know, we so look forward to these big days and it's uh, such a wonderful opportunity for breeders and owners and racing fans and players. Um, so we've got a huge schedule ahead um, highlighted by uh, the triple Canadian Triple Crown and we made the decision to keep um, which we announced back in December to keep the Queen's Plate at the later date in August so uh, Sunday August 21st is going to be our Queen's Plate and that kicks off the Canadian Triple Crown. So one thing that Larry and I have heard from a lot of people, Jessica, is because the handle was so big at Woodbine last year, we've been hearing from a lot of people in and around the industry that are real anticipation to this year's thoroughbred season. Are, are you getting that same vibe for you and your staff at Woodbine? Definitely. Um, it, it's We're so optimistic about the year ahead because it's, it's been tough. It's been very tough on everyone in the world. Um, and so to have these big events to look forward to and 
and the strong handle that we did um, realize last year and our field size. I mean, we were so proud of our racing team for accomplishing that and, you know, thank all of the people that played. Um, the players really were uh, supported our product and were attracted to our product. And so we're really optimistic about the year ahead for, for the wagering handle too and hope for the best. And I think one thing that should be pointed out too, Jessica, is the the stake schedule that uh, was put out yesterday, there's no Patterson International this year, correct? That is correct, yes. So we love that race. Uh, it really is uh, a, a real tradition here. Mm-hmm. The challenge that we've had, uh, we did run it last year and it, it worked out very well, but the challenge that we have is with international carriers for the horses. And because that race so depends on international horses shipping in, um, the airlines do not have a return route. We can get the horses to Toronto, but it's a return route back to Europe that is the challenge. And they had no solution for the upcoming season. So we had to put that race on hiatus um, just to deal with these travel challenges, but we're very hopeful that we'll have it um, rectified for next year. But on the good side, though, Jessica, we do know for our friends at Woodby Mohawk Park, the North American Cup back at its traditional time, June 18th. So that's pretty exciting for people like their standard bread racing, especially a race of this significance. Yes, we the kicking off uh, the Pepsi North America Cup back in June and kicking off the the uh, three year old pacing Colts um, at the beginning of the season again. We're excited to be back uh, with that date on the schedule and uh, so looking forward to a great celebration in June and Father's Day weekend. And you've got the Breeders' Crown. And the Breeders' Crown. Yeah, thrilled to be hosting that again as well. It was such a highlight in 2019 for our entire team and uh, we've been working again with the Hamiltonian Society and really looking forward to that event at the end of October. I was just going to say that, that maybe some listeners not realizing, but that, I mean, you've got the North American Cup in June and then the Breeders' Crown at the end of October and making for a nice, you know, spring, summer, fall of harness racing at Woodbine Mohawk. Yes. No, that's exactly right. And uh, we've got a <clears throat> huge um, stake, stake season as well through August and September. Um, the Mohawk Million, we hope, will be returning in 2022. The uh, deadline for the slots uh, is coming up this week with February 15th and we, we've got a few slots left at this point. Um, we're almost there. It's going to be down to the wire so we're hopeful that that event will come together as well and, and that's uh, next to the Metro Pace so it's really a great night to celebrate the two-year-olds. Beautiful. Jessica, thank you as always for joining us. We greatly appreciate your input and your enlightening us and uh, let's have the best season ever for everyone at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park. That'd be fantastic for the entire horse racing industry. It really would. Yeah. Thank you both Larry and and, uh, Jim for having me on. All the best. You know what? Take care. When we come back, Laura Krasuskanta joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We have a lot more to come. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds one vision. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. The pride of Lithuania, now Canada, Laura Kraisoskata, may not be a household name to Woodbine racecores yet, but many more days like this past December when she won her first stakes race as a trainer are going to put her on the map for a lot of people's radar in horse racing in Canada and North America. Laura, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Now, we had big success in December with Silent Causeway to win that stakes race. Uh, talk about the lead up to that day and that day, and then how it changed after winning the race. Well, <laughs> it's a lot to say. She is a special horse the day I bought her. I already knew I had something there. It's all about patience and hard work. And she paid off in December. And there must have been some... You you must have been basically uh, holding your breath during the race because it was almost a uh, spill on the first turn, correct? I did, I did, I did. That was almost an accident, yes. But uh, Justin Stein done a wonderful job maneuvering around that, preventing the accident, and going home for a nice win. Did it change the people's perception of you in the horse racing industry as a trainer, being the winning trainer of a horse of that magnitude? It did. It did. They saw when she ran second the first time when she was a mistake. She finished second. I also had a two-year-old that finished second. Also, I think people start watching me. And um, last year in December, when she finally win a stake race, so now officially I'm a stakes winning trainer. Only four-year training. Yes, they are watching me. Yes. So let's get into that. Four years of training, you won a stakes races. That's pretty impressive. How how did you accomplish that? Did you have a a map set out, a goal set out? How did you pull off a feat like that? Well, I think it's it's all about how stubborn you are and how badly do you want it. (laughs) I think me being stubborn and badly wanting to win a stake race, that's and the hard work never stopping. I think that's what got me there where I am now. Talk a little bit about your your background. How did you get involved uh, to the point that you became a stakes-winning trainer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, when I was 11, back home in Lithuania, uh, capital of Vilnius, that's where I was born, I found a farm, 
horses, show jumpers. That's where I got involved in interactive way with large animal equine. I was started jumping and some dressage, but I thought that sport was quite boring for me. So I wanted to do something else. When we I came to Canada in 1998, my uncle introduced me to Woodbine Racetrack because that was the closest place to see horses instead of driving an hour to the farm, right? And once I walked in there and I saw the excitement and training and breathing, I said, this is it. This is what I've been always wanted to do. I wanted fast horses. The speed, the adrenaline, the excitement. That's how I got in. So you get in. So what happens from the time you get in to the time you be- begin a trainer just four years ago? <laughs> well, I was an exercise rider for, for like 20 years, and uh, one of the trainers had a horse with problems. Like, she won't train, she'll drop you, and he kind of was scared of her a little bit. Her name was Sweet Showbiz. He ended up trying to convince me to buy her, so I made him an offer, $500, fine. And that was my first purchase that got me interested in becoming from an owner to becoming a trainer. Because she did well for me. She had quite a few seconds and thirds. Then I ended up buying more horses. I just, just kept going, kept going, and I passed my test in flying colors. And I had my first horse competing under my name. And that just made me continue my dreams to go higher. And I said, well, I can't just have horses and run. Since now I'm a trainer, I want to go places. I want to go higher. I want to start winning a stake race. You know, so, so I'm still working on it. And my next goal is Breeders' Cup. Well, everyone talks about things like paying your dues. All those years as an exercise rider must have given you a real education, a real intuition dealing with horses, Laura. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It did. I watch, I watch all the top trainers, too. Like, I was admired by Bob Bafford. I was admired uh, Tiller. I worked for him. I watched what they do, what makes them successful, what do they see in horses that I should learn about if I'm in that champion horse, you know? And I still study, study the bloodline, the confirmation, everything, and I'm still doing it. Like, I can't say I'm fully accomplished yet. There's so many more accomplishments to achieve. So, what's Mark Cassia watching, what he likes, where he enters, how he runs his horses, what he does, how he trains them. So. Right. How many horses do you have in training now, Laura? Six. And are they... Uh a couple two-year-olds and three-year-olds and, and that, or what, or a mixture? Well, I have a silent causer, which is a five-year-old this year, and I do have a three-year-old, and yes, a lot of two-year-olds. Because every year I keep going to the sale and keep looking for that horse, and I keep buying. So you find another star. You know, I know from your Instagram, I mean, when you take a photo with a horse, it's not just a, a horse that is like an investment. It, there's a personal connection to these horses that you work with, Laura. Yes, I look at them as my kids, yes. And every single of them that I have, every single of them have a different personality. Like Silent Cosway, there's a reason why she has a Barney nickname, Diva. She is precise, <laughs> and she's spoiled, she knows what she wants, and there's a way to touch her and don't touch her, and she don't like it, she'll walk away. And uh, yeah, there's a reason why she's Diva, you know. We have the other ones. We have a drama queen. Always <laughs> 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 dramatic. They all have nicknames, yes. And they're all different in some ways, but I do love them, yes, as my own kids. But, but so like, when I see my. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say, like an athlete, you have to treat all these horses differently if they have that kind of different personality. 
I do. I do. Yes. Some demand more attention than the other ones. The other ones are okay just to get a little bit, or there's another one that just wants to get food, and she's fine. Leave her alone. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all different. Yes. It's, it's a lot of juggling. Not just juggling with my kids, two-legged kids. It's also juggling with four-legged kids, you know. It's a lot of work. Yeah. One thing that fascinates me, I think, is workouts, Laura. And I, whenever we have trainers on the show, I ask them about what's the importance of consistent workouts and maybe consistent five furlong workouts, which I've always found has been a great handicapping angle. Uh, what's your opinion about having consistent workouts leading up to a race? Well, it depends on the horse. I think workouts are very important, especially if you're starting up like right now, we're going to the races. you got to get horses work, enough workouts, open up their airways. And I think working a one 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 is excellent timing, personal, I think. You know, but um, yeah. When you look ahead to the season, do you start mapping out a certain key stakes races, certain dates in the calendar and back timing it to get your horses ready for certain times of the year? Yes. Like Silent Causeway, she'll, she'll run a selected stake race, which is we're still waiting for the um, stake shuttle to come out. Then we start planning where we're going, how, you know, when the race is set and see, look forward to winning another stake race. Well, there's one thing that Larry and I both can tell from talking to you. This is this is a labor of love for you. I mean, there's a true passion and love for the sport, for horse racing, that you can't fake it. Yeah, I, I love what I do. I love waking up every morning and meeting my four-legged kids. And when I walk in, they all look at me. And they'll go, scream out, mommy's here. I said, okay, <laughs> let's get the day rolling. <laughs> and and yeah. I think one thing, Laura, you must have a sharp eye for a horse because... Silent Causeway went for $4,000 as a yearling, correct? Yes, 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 yeah. What was it that you yeah. liked about her? Well, I looked at her sire, Silent, silent name. He, 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 he throws some quite a lot of stake horses. Like, he throws runners, and, they, and they, they run long. Like, they go all the way to 8, 9, 10 years old. So that tells you he throws sound babies. And then I looked at the mother. She, she had a giant Causeway, which is fascinated with that sire. You know, so I looked at it and I said, okay, wow, she looks so dominant in a, in a ring. I never even looked at her clothes, checked her out at anything. I just saw her walk in and I said, bloodline is there. She looks solid. She's got a nice chest. She's proud. She's observed. Like, she's not silly. She's got brain also. Yeah, and I, I don't know how I, I started bidding. My hand went up and I didn't know how I ended up getting it for 4000 Totally. Like, I, was, I don't know. Maybe it was just a blessing for me, you know, to start my career. I have to say, did you did you design the design and the logo for your uh, Krasoskaita uh, racing stable? Because it's fantastic. Yes, I did. Yeah. Well, it's it's my heritage symbol in Lithuania. So if you ever visit Lithuania, you will see those symbols everywhere. It's our heritage. It's a it's a knight with a rearing horse and the sword near and the dominancy, the strength of my people and stubbornness. That's what that is. So I decided to put it on. And keep it there because every time I walk in the stable, that's the first uh, symbol I see, and it reminds me: don't quit, keep going. You can do this, no matter good day, bad day, you know, or hard days, you know. And I just look at that symbol and say, I can't stop now, but you've got to keep going. Well, we like your style. Thank you so much for joining us, Laura. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm sure thank we'll you. be hearing a lot more of you in 2022. And here's hoping you have a great season. <laughs> I hope so. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye bye. 
After the break, when we come back, Gulfstream's Brian Nadeau, friend of the show, joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Hey, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show and friend to all in horse racing, Brian Nadeau joins us again today. And Brian, part of the active handicapping team at Gulfstream Park Raceway and the Florida track continues in the midst of their amazing championship season, which culminates with the Florida Derby in early April. Brian, welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Always a pleasure. Yeah, guys, good to hear from you again. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's been a great winter, and as you said, we're, we're winding down that path to the Florida Derby. Yeah, I mean, well, last week all eyes were on your track. I mean, White Barrio and the yeah. Holy Bull. I mean, that wasn't just a win. I mean, it kicked butt. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, you know, he, he he took advantage of some some circumstances, and I think that trip last week was really kind of up his alley. The short finish line and uh, simplification. He was expected to be loose on the lead, didn't really break. So, uh, but to his credit, he took advantage and he ran really fast too. If, you know, buyer speed figures are your thing. He ran a 97, which, you know, early in February, guys, is a pretty significant number for a three-year-old. So kudos to him. I think he's actually going to pass on the Fountain of Youth, and he'll regroup and come back in the Florida Derby. I think Mo Donegal ran very, very well with, the again, the short stretch, not ideal for him. And the horse that really impressed me, and I picked simplification to win the race, and I picked him to wire the field, and he broke dead last, and he was taken way out of his element. But he still rallied nicely and wide to be second. And I think he's a horse moving forward that now has a new dimension. He doesn't need to be the lead kind of a horse. And, you know, he's a name to remember and watch as we, like you guys said, move down the path to the Florida Derby. And besides Tis the Bum, uh, Brian, was there anybody else that maybe was a disappointment? Well, giant game disappointed, but he also displaced. He was third in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but he displaced his palate pretty badly. So mm. I think you can be forgiven of him. You mentioned Tis the Bomb, and I do think Kenny McPeak said he's going to try him again on dirt, but I, you know, kind of get the feeling he's a turf horse. But uh, it's this time of year where if you got a good three-year-old with four working legs, you tend to try him on the dirt <laughs> until they tell you you can't handle it. Looking ahead to Saturday's card, what really stands out big to you, Brian? Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of turf sprints. I mean, they're good races. We're, we're kind of, uh, you know, they're solid if, if, if unspectacular feels. But I, I do think 
there put, could be some potential value, especially in the fifth race, which is the Grade Three Gulfstream Park Turf Sprint. Now, Gear Jockey is is the the name horse. He was sixth in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint. He's a multiple. Or he's a Grade Three winner, excuse me, uh, at Kentucky Downs, and he's he's definitely the horse to beat. But I also think Five Furlongs is going to be a little sharp for him, a little short for him. Uh, it's his start since the Breeders' Cup, and and you know, Rusty Arnold. I said he's probably a horse without a true distance, and I don't think Five Furlongs is it. So I like a horse Belgrano in here. He's run well per sprinting in the past, and he's going to be a much better price than uh, gear jockey. So that that's kind of my clever opinion in that spot. And Brian, before you were at Gulfstream, you were at uh, Fairgrounds. Um, is there any difference in the way you handicap the, the races at Gulfstream now, you know, compared to how you did it at the Fairgrounds track? Well, I mean, Gulfstream predominantly is a speedier track. Mm. We've got the Tapita now, but as far as the main track and, and the turf course for that matter, it kept, Typically, uh, you want to be closer, whereas fairgrounds, it's not imperative that you have to be close. I mean, speed never hurts. You guys know that in racing. But uh, as far as Gulfstream goes, you know, the turf especially can be speedy, but the main track can be too. So I I think you need to elevate horses with tactical speed and maybe kind of downgrade horses that don't have a lot of it because uh, if you're at the mercy of the pace over this dirt or turf course, you're really, really up against it. Speaking with friend of the show Brian Nadeau from Gulfstream, one of the friends of horse racing as well, and I mean, I mean, Tapita here at Woodbine in our area is just like it's just another surface. Is the controversy died down at Gulfstream yet about the Tapita surface? Well, I mean, I think it's you know on the on the face of it, guys, I think it was a really good idea to put it in because you know you you've seen these Gulfstream races over the winter where they get washed off the turf and you're left with five horses. Um, on a sloppy main track and, and that's just not good for anybody. So, um, you know, it's, it's worked really well in that regard. And we've had a lot of rain and it's, it's winter in South Florida. It's going to rain. So, um, we're, you know, there's been races washed off the turf that get obviously moved to the Tapita. We have more horses in there. So it helps field size. Um, I, I just think people are getting used to it, you know, and it's, 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 I readily admit me, me personally, it's a tricky surface that I struggle with. So I think we're all just kind of figuring it out and, and the more races and you get under your belt, it's like anything, the more comfortable you get with it. And, and, uh, you know, I do think it's been beneficial here again, to help field sizes stay intact when we've unfortunately had dirt take races off the turf. And post position plays a big part in the tapita surface, right? Uh, you don't want to be yeah, away on the I outside? Mean, you know what? It's, I don't know if it's necessarily post position as it has been running paths. Yeah. The rail's been a little sticky. Um, you know, for several weeks, it was, it was not to be inside. And I think just the general overall flow of the tapita, the stalkers on the outside. So at least that's kind of where I lead a little bit. But, you know, I think you should, if you're doing replays and things like that, take note of the horses that have been inside they're not traveling as well. And then conversely, when they get outside, I'll give you one tomorrow, five-figure discount is my best bet of the day tomorrow, early in the card. Race two, that was a horse that was running on a dead rail last time. If you go back and watch the replay, you can kind of just see what I'm talking about, just stuck in neutral down inside. Now, tomorrow's going to get outside, and hopefully that'll be the, the, uh, the signal to go. 
And Brian, a lot of people looking ahead to that early April big meet, uh, April 2nd at Gulfstream, getting ready for the Kentucky Derby. But to me, March 5th is no less important yeah. with some huge races that day. Yeah, we've got the Fountain of Youth. It's an awesome card. We'll probably have 14 races. I believe we have nine stakes. Um, uh, several, I think eight of them are graded. And then, of course, the Fountain of Youth is, it, it, I don't want to call it an automatic qualifier for the Kentucky Derby, but the points are so high that essentially if you win that race, you're going to get into the Derby. It's two turns. You know, it's really now we're going to have a have an abundance of horses that have broken their maiden or won allowance races funneling into that race. And then obviously the house horses, the graded stakes kind of horses. So that to me, even, you know, growing up as, as a fan of racing, not even working, but Fountain Youth Day was always, up, you know, right up there at the top. And it will not disappoint this year. I can assure you that. And Florida Derby is obviously very uh, important because it's one of the last, uh, you know, basically prep races, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nine furlongs, too. So now, you know, the Florida Derby in April, you stretch them out to nine furlongs, and it's a 100-point race to the winner, 40 to second. So, you know, you can basically, the top two horses are going to get into the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, I think all the way back to Thunder Gulch in 95 going on to win the Derby. So the Florida Derby is, you know, one of the key grade one prep races of the Triple Crown season. Now, like my brother-in-law, you're a Mets and a Giants fan, and you talk about it on your Twitter bio. So that obviously brings you heartbreak. How different is it of being a fan of a team that sometimes breaks your heart like the Mets and Giants and sometimes makes you happy, and being a horse racing fan? What are the big differences when team sports to horse racing for you? Well, the Giants haven't broken my heart in quite some time. They just don't. They're just not any good. And the Mets are frustrating as hell. So we're, we're a work in progress. But, um, you know, racing can break your heart each and every day. It's, but the beauty of the sport is, as you guys know, you get to do it right again in about 27 minutes after you get your heart broken. So I don't know if that's good, bad, or ugly. But, you know, we love it. And uh, it's what keeps us coming back for more. That's for sure. And I, that was my follow-up, is that is, I guess, part of the juice of it for even if you bet $2 yeah. or $200, the fact that, hey, a half hour later, I got another chance to redeem myself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it doesn't matter what you bet. You know, some people, as, as you alluded to, are going to bet a lot more than others, but it's just the rush, it's the adrenaline. And, you know, it's kind of, it's cool that you're, you're here trying to solve a puzzle, you know, and, and uh and when you get it right, you, you feel pretty darn good. You know, you're not pressing a button on a slot machine and it's out of your hands. You know, you've got it right here in front of you trying to figure it out. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. And, uh, you know, we all take a lot of pride in it. Brian, I'd like to ask handicappers like yourself, uh, what's your favorite angle? What's, is there a betting angle that you love over all the other ones that are out there? Well, you know, we talked a, a little bit ago about speed, and I think if you can identify horses that are going to get, you know, loose on the lead or have an advantageous trip, I, I just think that's potent, especially, you know, I talked about how Gulfstream can, you know, typically speed does very, very well here, and if you can identify a horse that, that's going to get all the best of it, I think that's, to me, that that's the angle I always look for. Whenever I start handicapping a race, First and foremost, before I do anything else, is I identify the pace of the race, and is it going to be beneficial to front runners, or is there too many of them where it's going to be negative to them? But I think you always have to envision how the race is going to be run and envision who's going to be in front and where they stack up. Brian, you're a good man. We always enjoy having you on. Enjoy a great week in a racing. We'll talk to you soon down the road. 
Yeah, guys, it was a pleasure. Thanks for reaching out. All right, let's do it again soon. Will do. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. You better stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated and money-making Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Hang on. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, before I wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities, maybe a few potential betting gems, as Larry gives us his always much-anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, take it away. Thank you, Jim. Uh, what would a Ponies Pick of the Day be if there was not a Kentucky Derby prep race well, to look at? Well, I mean, look, we're counting down to May 1st is what it's all about. Exactly. So uh, let's go to Tampa Bay Downs, where there's a competitive field of 13 getting ready to meet in the uh, Grade 3 Sam F. Davis Stakes, which is one and one-sixth mile on the dirt for three-year-olds. And most importantly, it's a Kentucky Derby prep. So... Number four, Golden Glider is undefeated for trainer and friend of the show, Mark Cassie, who actually has three entered in the Sam Davis today. And this will be uh, Golden Glider's first uh, chance to race against stakes horses. But you know what? He's undefeated. He said he's two for two. He's done everything right so far. I like the fact, too, that his last race was at Tampa Bay, so he's at had a chance to go over the dirt surface, and sometimes it can be kind of a quirky surface for some horses and that. So he's showing he likes the surface, the fact that he's undefeated. also like the fact that uh, he's got a win at today's distance, which 
says something, which is a good handicapping angle too. When you look Absolutely. at a horse, it, yeah. it has what's the horse done. I, I remember Jennifer Morrison was on a few weeks ago, and she's that's the first thing she looks at when she handicaps a horse is has it won at today's distance or at least raced well. So this horse has jockey Antonio Gallardo rides him back again, so he's got to know this horse. Probably was working him out too, and this horse is, by the way, is racing, working, lights out. So uh, I think that uh, somewhere we might be able to get close to the 12 to 1 morning line odds. I kind of doubt it, though. <laughs> you're, you're, oh, 12 to 1, that'd be 12 nice. 12 to 1. Jeez. So uh, I'm going to go with uh, with uh, Mark's horse, uh, Golden Glider, uh, Tampa Bay Downs, race 10, the Sam F. Davis Stakes, and he's number four, Golden Glider. Nice. Next. Okay. Uh, Santa Anita has a nine race card today, and... Race five is uh, one mile on the turf for fillies and mares, four-year-olds and upward, purse of uh, $69,000. The number two horse, Fearless Girl, has been on my watch list for a couple of races because she keeps getting into trouble. <laughs> in fact, if you look at the comment lines in the, in the daily racing forum, the comments read, stumble start, bothered at the break, off slow, and blocked, and that's her last three races. But you know? still with talent. <laughs> with talent, yeah, because uh, she just gets beat all the time. So I think uh, that that could change today. Her luck could change. She's leaving from the two hole, so she should get a, a comfy uh, po- uh, race and uh, a comfy trip, I should say. And you know what? I, I just think that uh, it looks like a field that she's in against that uh, she should be able to beat. Um, she's three to one in the morning line. I'd love to get that those odds on her, but I think come post time, people are going to see the same comment lines that I saw and think this horse has got a good shot, and I do. So Santa Anita, race five, number two, fearless girl. Hmm. Next. Woodby Mohawk Park has a 12 race card tonight. Uh, race five is a one mile pace for four year olds and younger, num winners of two races or 26,000 lifetime. The number four horse is kind of an interesting uh, candidate in here, I think. Uh, he could be a price play in here tonight, as his last three races, he's been racing in a class higher, including a fourth-place finish in the Snowshoe Series, three back. Premier Nacho, two back, uh, had, was in the class higher and actually had a lead at the quarter pole first call and then sat on the inside trip and finished fourth, beating three and a half lengths, and that was at a class higher. Hmm. The drop back to uh, none winners of two, I think, should help Premier Nacho tonight in a class that he was back in four starts ago, and he finished a close third at two-to-one odds. So that's kind of interesting. Last time he was back in at none winners of two, he was bet down to two-to-one. And if I recall, I believe that was his first start of the year, and he had been off since about last June or July. So That's a long layoff, Larry. It was, yeah. And so you know somebody must have liked him to make him two-to-one odds uh, in his first start off the layoff. And he finished a close uh, third in there. So I think the fact that he's coming back to the num winners of two tonight, he's been racing decently uh, against the num winners of three, but I think the relief should really help him. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race five, number four, Premier Nacho. Okay, next. And the Meadowlands has another 13 race card tonight. Uh, the fifth race is a one-mile pace or a purse of $12,500. The number two horse, Gnome Hanover, and that's N-O-M-E, not like the, the gnomes that you have out in your it's garden. It's too bad. My, yeah. my kids like garden gnomes. <laughs> so do I. But uh, this is, unless the, this was a different type of gnome or something, <laughs> it <just> felt wrong. <laughs> but uh, anyways, he's a study of a horse that continues to perform well despite being uh, stricken with outside post positions. 
His last four races, get this, he's had the 8, the 10, the 8, and the 8 post, you know. Who did he tick off? Yeah, I don't know. I don't Jeez. know. But he's recorded two wins and two fifth-place finishes in each race. So, uh, you know, he's been racing well. Uh, obviously, post position is not going to be an issue tonight. And I like the fact that uh, top driver Yannick Jingra drives again. So, uh, Gnome Home... Gnome... Hanover, <laughs> easy for you to <laughs> easy say. Easy for me to say, is fifteen to one in the morning line. Uh, Good hope, odds. Yeah, will we get those odds tonight? Well, I hope so, but I kind of doubt it. As I think the Meadowlands faithful will probably note the same post position relief that this horse is getting tonight. So the Meadowlands race five, number two, Gnome Hanover. Very nice. And, and Jingra is a name we've heard a lot. I mean, that's you talk about someone racking up the victories. Well, he's going into <laughs> the, he's going into the Hall of Fame uh, this year in July, and uh, he's from uh, Quebec. And I think he just uh, won his four thousandth uh, win there. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, uh, nice guy too. Really special nice guy. Odor fr- uh, friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. Always appreciate what you do. Uh, it's a busy week in the sports in general, and I expect some big handles around North America for a number of reasons. Larry, uh, we're getting closer to the the Kentucky Derby Stakes races. Uh, there's the huge PGA Waste Management Open Crazy Golf Tournament Scottsdale, which has some of the biggest crowds, and I know a lot of money's gambled there. But then it's Super Bowl weekend. You have a UFC event. You have, so a lot of people are betting horse races. Uh, they're betting at the Stakes races, they're betting golf, they're betting Super Bowl, they're betting the UFC all this weekend. Exactly, and uh, it's always been a big weekend for for betting sports. Like, one seems to breed off the other. Yeah, yeah, that was my uh, point. Uh, For those wondering, the line was Rams by four and a half to start the week with the Bengals. I think a lot of people realizing just how good Joe Burrow is, the, the line right now is Rams by four. I like the Rams to win. I still like the Bengals to cover. I really believe in Joe Burrow and this young kid that's going to make it a close game. Well, he's got the right name for Super Bowl quarterback, right? <laughs> Does he, he had, ever? He had Joe Namath, Joe Montana. Yep. Um, I'm missing one. Uh, uh, not that that can comes to mind, no. Well, no, there was another one, too. Um, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, yep. And I, and I think the next one will be Joe Burrow's. Now, by the way, our friend Drake from Toronto's own, it came out Friday. He bet over $1 million in Bitcoin that the Rams would win, uh, cover the spread, and he put a big bet on Odell Beckham Jr. with a player prop, so he's not fooling around. Now, this is some of the other prop bets you can make for the game. The length of the anthem, the over-under is 1 minute and 35 seconds. I'm going to take the over. Uh, The total songs played during the halftime show, the over-under is 10 and a half. Uh, This is my favorite because we just got a puppy last weekend. How many commercials will have a dog in it? The over-under is two and a half. You can bet on the coin toss. What color Gatorade will be dumped on the head of the winning coach? How many planes will fly over a SoFi Stadium in L.A.? Uh, So it's gotten to that point. But the reason we're bringing this up is uh, this speaks to there is a real appetite for wagering. It's it's, we saw the handles around uh, horse racing tracks around North America and Woodbine last year, and people are like, just for whatever reason, are betting more. And I think uh, if we stay tuned, I think you're going to see some announcements coming out of the uh, the government here and uh, with our friends at Woodbine and, and that, uh, you know, within the next uh, month or so. Uh, I think that's, that's the plan. That's the hope that something is going to happen. And... Uh, yeah, because I, I think originally like, we had Jim Lawson on the right. show, and I think they were hoping to you know be controlling the this weekend. Betting. Yeah, this was I think their target, and uh, you know they have changed they have changed the pro line uh, in mm-hmm. you know so they they have made those changes, but uh, 
I, I, it's to everybody's benefit, right? Right, so. especially March Madness. Um, you have all the big horse stakes races coming up. You have the Masters, some big stuff coming up in the spring. So I think it works to our favor. As always, thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the new issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine that was just released, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget a Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page at lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. We have the Feed York Region's only magazine show, The Legend and Roamer, up next. It's going to be a great week. And don't forget your Dark Horse app and your HPI accounts ready to go for all Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day. We'll be back here Monday morning. Stay tuned. Take care. We'll see you next week for Ponies. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine. Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.